What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Big Uglies Podcast. I'm your host, Pat, a.k.a. The Big Guy, and thank you so much for tuning in. On this week's episode, I sat down and interviewed Khalil McKenzie. Now, Khalil is Jalen McKenzie's older brother. If you remember and recall, a few weeks ago, I interviewed Jalen, who played at USC, going into the NFL draft now. I actually interviewed Khalil before Jalen, but because I put the whole emphasis on, like, the weird big guy's path to draft. I ended up releasing Jalen's first, but I actually sat down and talked with to, with Khalil way before Jalen, and then that was my connect <laughs> with Jalen. Um, so now we're coming full circle, and both are finally getting out. Khalil's the first NFL D lineman I've ever had on the podcast. Now, he technically has played both sides of the ball his entire career, and I think even at the NFL level. He's currently on the Ravens, and I know spoke to him about it, and Harbaugh has also mentioned that they're interested in trying him on both sides of the ball and see where he fits best and where they need him. So, technically, he has some offensive line in him. But for the sake of this podcast and just to hype it up myself, I'm going to say it's our first NFL D lineman. So, kind of like not a, not a total lie, but like also like not the whole truth because he's technically a little bit of both. Um, but really cool dude. Had a great time talking with him. Hope you guys enjoy it. Um, but before we get into that, briefly want to touch on a few things. I remembered – after I already edited, uploaded the whole the whole nine last week, I forgot to mention like my plan going forward with this. I got in like to that preacher mode where I was just like, I'll finally be able to talk, be myself. I was like fired up, so I was just like totally forgot about covering topics I needed to cover in that. Um, but I wanted to say that moving forward, I'm planning on doing this biweekly. Um, so every two weeks. Once a week, Wednesday or Thursday, maybe Tuesday. I don't know. I haven't really figured out a day that, like, what does better or not. Um, so if you have any, like, thoughts on that and want to just reach out to me, let me know. I've done a lot of back-end research on it which, between, like, what other what, what days of the week other popular podcasts come out. So I can avoid that because if you listen to really popular podcasts, you're probably going to listen to that instead of mine. Um, but I also want to make sure it's like if I'm trying to preview a Thursday night game, I don't want to like release it too late or if like some certain news happened, like in terms of the news cycle in the NFL, like maybe Tuesday or Wednesday is better than later in the week. Um, so I've been trying to figure that out and like weighing all the differences between them all. But nonetheless, you can expect it either between Tuesday and Thursday. I can promise you that. Um, but yeah, I feel like bi-weekly is the best one because I do have a normal full-time job and life. So uh, that obviously I have other priorities that come first to the big uglies. Um, and two, realistically, like getting 52 guys every single week or like just say 50, taking some holidays off to come on to interview. is just a ton of dudes. Like that's just hard to do for any podcast, let alone just my one man show here. Um, so realistically speaking, I feel like if I cut that in half and do it biweekly, getting around 20 or so interviews per year um, is actually very manageable and doable for me. So I feel like, it's not going to water down the product every other week. You're going to have a good episode, a good interview, hopefully. And, uh, it's, I think all around, uh, for myself. And then also just the content itself, the quality of it, I think it'll be better overall uh, on a biweekly basis. Uh, so I forgot to mention that last week, but I'm going to say it now. So if you listen to this, you can expect moving forward, a new episode every two weeks. And then just some other random thoughts I've had this, the past two weeks, I wanted to share because I feel like people listening to this will understand where I'm coming from. Seeing new guys and new teams and new uniforms is just such a weird feeling. Like the other day I saw Tyree kill in a Miami's Dolphins uniform and I was like, holy crap, like 
Tyreek Hill is not on the Chiefs anymore. He's literally on the Miami Dolphins. And that was just so mind-blowing to me. And I feel like this past offseason, there was just a ton of moves, a lot of movement, more than I can recall in a long time. Like, even thinking about, like, Russell Wilson and, like, he's going to be a Bronco. Like, my entire life, everyone listening, we've only known Russ in a Seahawks uniform. It's going to be so strange seeing that change happen. And, and like, Deshaun Watson on the Browns, like, what the heck? Like, it's going to be crazy seeing all these different guys um, in new cities and uniforms. And uh, I just thought to myself, like, that's wild. Like, it's going to be a crazy new season, I feel like, because just more movement than, than ever before. Even now, there's been so many guys asking for trades, like star players, Debo Samuel, asking for trades. And um, it's just like – I feel like it's more. It's been the wild west this past offseason more than ever before, and um, it's just, it's kind of gotten out of control. And on the front of players wanting like bigger salaries and contracts and, and sitting out or threatening to be traded, just because another guy reset reset the market. And I feel like this is kind of becoming like a little bit of a problem. And I'm sure the NFL has already been discussing it and thinking about how they can flip the script on this because I feel like we're living in an era where for the first time ever, and this goes to college too, with new transfer portal NIL, all that for the first time ever across multiple sports leagues, the players are having the power more so than the owners or GMs or coaches or universities, whatever. Um, and it's just really interesting to like watch what's going to happen because I feel like, at some point, I can imagine the NFL stepping in and being like, we got to put an end to this. Because, and I want to say, as much as I love LeBron, I feel like this whole like idea of players getting the power and kind of just demanding where they want to go and creating different super teams, I feel like this started with LeBron in the NBA. And it really, everyone saw how, how it worked out, and they were like, wait, what? It's like, so you're telling me I can just sit out or demand a trade and, and I can go like do wherever I want? Huh. And then it's been like a snowball effect since then across different leagues um, and in and, and the NBA, obviously. But also it's happening in the NFL now in the sense of look at the past few Super Bowl teams. This past year, L.A. Rams, they essentially were a super team. And they weren't a super team in the sense of like unbeatable as like the Miami, like the prime Miami Heat were. But they were a ton of star guys that just went to L.A. And then the year before – Tampa Bay, same situation. Like a bunch of guys fall Tom Brady, made like a little mini super team in Tampa Bay. And I feel like that's little little by little becoming a trend, which is kind of worrisome. Um, not only as a fan, but like for the NFL, I'm sure they're worried as well. It just seems like guys have gotten mega deals like Devontae Adams, and now all of a sudden all the receivers who think they're undervalued now because of that new deal that reset the market, they're all like, oh, I'm sitting out or being traded. It's just getting like – it's getting to a point where, like, like, come on. Like, I understand. Trust me. I was a player, too. I get it. I talked to a lot of players on my podcast and just off the field myself. I get it. Like, I'm all for the players getting their money. But at the same time, like, just because certain guys are resetting the market or, like, if you get drafted to the Texans or Lions, you can't just, like, I just – it would not be good if it gets to the point where, like, guys are just – I'm not going to play demanding trades or saying I'm going to sit out until I get a new contract, all this stuff. It's just getting out of control. So 
I don't know if I'm alone in my thinking there. I'd be interested, honestly, to to hear uh, like other people's opinions on that. But I definitely would not be surprised if sooner rather than later we see the NFL try to combat this with like different clauses in guys' contracts. Like if you don't if you don't finish this contract out for if they can find an agreement with the NFLPA in some way to like state that you got to finish at least X amount of the contract percentage or like, you're just not going to get paid. Like if you sit out, then you're just not going to get paid. Uh, so, or if you try to demand trades, I don't know. I feel like if anyone can do it, if any league will do it, it'll be the NFL. Um, but if they don't do it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Cause I don't know, maybe it'll just be more and more super, like super teams be made or like veteran quarterbacks get drafted to like somewhere terrible. And then after the rookie year, they just go create a super team whoever has like the best defense or whatever. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what the ripple effect of all this is, uh, but something to think about, I think. Uh, with that being said, I'm going to wrap things up here and we're going to get you into that interview with Khalil McKenzie Jr. of the Baltimore Ravens, the first ever D line on the big uglies podcast. <laughs> As always, thank you so much for tuning in. If you haven't already, check out all my discount codes. I feel like I have like three or four now that I, I try to go and talk about them throughout the interview, but I don't want to like plug in too many different like little ad commercials because that's annoying. Um, so check out like my bios or my Instagram highlight, Liquid IV, Manscaped, um, SeatGeek. Like there's there's a ton now, and they're they're pretty good deals. Like I would use them myself. I do use them myself. <laughs> no shame. Um, so check those out. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at We Are Big Guys, kept it nice and simple. If you haven't yet, shop WeAreBigGuys.com for all your big guy apparel needs. And wherever you're listening, subscribe, like, five stars, whatever the method of the madness is on the platform you're listening. I greatly appreciate the support. Let's get into this interview. All right, for the first time ever, I have an NFL defensive tackle on the Big Uglies podcast. I will say, after doing some research, I didn't realize this, but you have some experience playing on both sides of the ball. So you're technically not – you're not fully a D-tackle. You don't hate us guys on the other sideline too much. <laughs> but for my sake and the podcast's sake, I'm still going to, you know, credit this to being the first ever NFL D-tackle, which is partially yeah. true, but you get what I'm saying. So please oh, welcome yeah. to the show, Khalil McKenzie Jr. Oh, man, I really appreciate you having me on here. And I thought that's, a pretty, that's an awesome intro, man. That was, that was pretty in-depth, everything. I like that, man. <laughs> I definitely I definitely would uh, share that, that sentiment. I don't – I won't say I don't hate the other side. I do have a respect. I have a respect for the offensive lineman being over there, um, even though I was a defensive lineman most of my life. But but getting that experience on the other side, I definitely gained gained some respect for the offensive lineman. Yeah, and I definitely want to get into that later in the in the podcast, talking about your experience playing on both sides at such a high level. I have to imagine it's extremely challenging. Just from my experience, you know, playing offense in college was a challenge. So playing both in the NFL is pretty impressive. Now. Your family background is unbelievable. And I, I'll admit, I didn't know any of this until I started researching you. And I actually texted you when I was doing it. I was like, this is your brother? This is your dad? Like, I was like, holy crap. Like, I didn't ever put all of it together, two and two together, so they say. So just to give some background for the listeners, you're the son of former NFL linebacker Reggie McKenzie, the nephew of former NFL guard Raleigh McKenzie, and your brother Jalen is played at USC is entering this year's NFL draft and I need to get him on next. So mm -hmm. my question, my first question to you is what was it like growing up in that kind of family, that kind of household? 
with just the football NFL lore, did you have any pressure to live up to the name or do you, do you, do you still feel a pressure at, at your level now? Do you still have like the McKenzie name? Because I know green through some articles, even just like you going to Tennessee was such a big deal for that program and everything. So do you yeah. carry, do you feel that weight with your name wherever you go? It's, there is pressure. I'll never, you know, just lie and say that there's, there's no pressure or anything like that. But mm -hmm. the way that my family um, kind of helps uh, along the way with the pressure is I think the biggest attribute that I can give to my dad and uncle. I mean, my uncle played 16 years on Wheaties boxes, won Super Bowls, playing garden center. And my dad played seven years and you know, and then got into the front office and won his Super Bowls there, was a GM, won executive of the year, all that type of stuff. So mm. there's there's definitely the pressure. I've never heard a single bad thing said about anybody. I mean, uh, about them from anybody, mm. you know, uh, and I've been in the NFL. I've talked to your who's who's, you know what I'm saying? Uh, just in different, you know, just different instances and things like that. So it's it's a it's a pressure, but it's I've never felt it. Mm -hmm. because my parents have never put it on me. My uncles never put it on me. I asked my, I used to ask my uncle questions about offensive line stuff all, all the time. He's you know, he's go out there and block guys, you know? So it's not okay. really, he was never one of those, Oh, you got to do this. You got to do that. You, you know, change this, change that. It's go out there and have fun. If I wanted to, if I wanted to make music, if I wanted to paint all this type of stuff, like my dad would have been cool with it. I just, mm -hmm. I love football. You know what I'm saying? And, it's uh, it's funny to me now being a dad and seeing that you're like, my kid wants to play football, you can go right ahead, but I'm not going to force them because it's like, I understand what everyone else will expect of them. So I'm not going to add to that. Um, right. I'm going to just kind of let them be them and just see kind of how it happens. And and that's what I think is, you know, the coolest thing about my dad and my uncle and my mom too and everything and, and having my little brother. Yeah, well, I appreciate you. The footsteps too. Yeah, I appreciate you being transparent about that because I was worried if you're just gonna say you don't feel any pressure at all, I was gonna be like, come on, like there's gotta be a little something there, that's, you know? That's, that's, yeah, no, that's a lie. That's yeah, <laughs> but it sounds like it was it was like you said a good pressure almost, and and that's yeah. a, I gotta live, gotta give a lot of credit to uh, your family for making you feel comfortable, and, and hopefully you can make your son feel the same way, not to have yeah. to fill any big shoes, you know, <laughs> literally yeah, and figuratively. Like Exactly. And some, I mean, we, we're big guys, you know, like people think of us as, as giants, you know, like we are, I walk around and, and when I was in Tennessee and how big of a deal, I never thought that my recruiting would ever get to where it got ever mm -hmm. in my life. That was a, a wild ride roller coaster where I was young and I just got to be along for the ride. And, and, you know, of course, hindsight's always 2020, you'd go back and change how you approach things, blah, blah, all that. I wouldn't change where I went. I love Tennessee. I love my time there. I have friends for life. I met my wife there, everything. So, mm -hmm. and that's, you know, that's my family's home. Um, and I love my time there, regardless of how we were. It was just one of those things where it's like that entire, and that goes back to like that pressure that we were talking about. Like my, my dad was never, he never once told me, oh, you got to go to Tennessee. Oh, what about Tennessee? Anything like that? Like, it didn't happen. He didn't even yeah. come with me on the visit when I went there, you mm -hmm. know, it was just my mom and stuff and uh, my, my sisters and brother. So, you know, it, it was, there was never any of that type of stuff. It was just do what you feel is right for you. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And, and I think that is, that's one of those things that uh, 
I don't know. It's uh it's easy to to lose that because you think like, oh, I'm this, I'm this macho man, I'm this, I'm that. No, you, it's okay to feel those types of things. It's okay to feel that pressure. It's just being confident in who you are, knowing you have good people around you and just going out there and being yourself. Definitely. And, and you mentioned that your dad now works in front offices. I don't know. Does he still work in the NFL? Yeah. So he, uh, he, uh, works right now with uh, Miami, uh, the Miami Dolphins okay. uh, in their front office. And he just had an interview uh, with the Chicago bears. I think last week um, for their vacant general manager. Oh, nice. So, so as a result, you I read that you grew up in Green Bay because he was working for the Packers when you were little. And I, I find that fascinating because all I ever hear about Green Bay is like it's extremely cold and snowy and there's <laughs> nothing up there besides like Culver's and cheese curds. So I'm interested yeah. to hear your perspective. What in the world is it like growing up in Green Bay? Well, I mean, I live in Texas now and you see I got beanie on because it's been, you know, <laughs> Antarctica out here since I've been home. I was like, I was in Baltimore and and it was cold there and that made sense. But now I got back home and I'm like, what's going on? Um, but now growing up in green Bay, it's, it's not even that it's just so cold. It's, you know, it's a small town, all that stuff. It's just when you, if you've never seen anything else, you're just like, you know, this is just where I'm from. Excuse me. This is my city. Mm-hmm. But once you see even Milwaukee or let alone <laughs> Chicago, or Minneapolis, you're like, man, this is, you know, this is, this is what we got, you know, this is what yeah. we got. With, it's also a cool thing because everybody there is, I mean, I love my hometown. You know, I, I, I could talk all day about Green Bay. I love my school. I still love the rivalries I have, everything. I love being from there. Cheese curds, Culver's, all that stuff. Yeah. It's all good. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? So like uh, custard, everything. Like I, right. I have no quarrels. The pancake place, if you're ever in Green Bay, Wisconsin, go to breakfast at the pancake place okay. get you just get one pancake because they're gonna be way too big you're not gonna finish <laughs> the you're not gonna finish the one just get you a pancake this is perfect have yourself a great day and then you, your dad then moved to the raiders which transpired when you're like high school ages and you had to move from green bay all the way to california which i imagine had to be a tough move um, just being a high school, I know what it was like when I was in high school. I can't imagine having to move, leave all my friends, my team, all yeah. that good stuff. Plus recruiting. I don't know if that impacted your recruiting at all. Um, so what was that move like going from, like you said, Green Bay, and then all of a sudden you're now you're in California, it's a little different landscape. It was, I'd be lying if I said I was happy. You know, I, I it was in a day and age when I was, you know, I'm, I'm a kid, I'm in high school. Packers mm-hmm. had just won the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Like, like that we're leaving this to right. go to Oakland you know what I'm saying like and this is when you know it's building from the ground up I'm like there's why would we do this man like there's no way like I'm a kid I don't get it you know what I'm saying so yeah I was upset but at the same time I knew for me it was the best thing uh for football wise and everything like that I had this is back in the day when I'm watching ESPN 300, like it's, you know, nobody's business. I'm <laughs> watching the games on ESPN. I'm like, dude, these, these guys are amazing. I'm like, St. Thomas Aquinas, IMG, these must be the greatest places ever. Blah, blah, yeah. blah. And I'm like, I'm playing well, you know, in, in Green Bay, Wisconsin, I go to these camps or things like that. And, you know, I'm getting no looks. I get a couple letters from schools about, we're interested or call this person or call that person. That's why mm-hmm. I had a lot of, uh, 
say what you want about him. I have a lot of respect for Coach O, Coach Ogeron. He was the only coach who was consistently in contact with me when I was in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And he was at USC at the time. Wow. And he was just a guy who reached out. You know, he was just talking and wanted to know, like, what, you know, all that type of stuff. Uh, not like, you know, the, anything like, I ain't going to get him in trouble or all that type of stuff. They could do all <laughs> that stuff. But, you know, yeah. um, like right. sending the letters and stuff. So it was, that was like one of them things where it's like, when I moved to California, it was, I went to De La Salle High School. Everybody's saying, oh, you got to go to De La Salle. You got to go to De La Salle. I go to De La Salle High School. I go from being a nobody, you know, honestly, a nobody to, in four games, I got 16 scholarship offers, you know? So it's like, That's what crazy. just happened? I'm like, and, and in my opinion, I'm texting my friends back home and stuff. And I'm like, dude, y'all could play on this team. And they're considered like, you know, we're number one in the country, all this yeah. stuff, like, you know, we go to a state championship and we lose to Josh Rosen and the team of college football players. <laughs> you know, yeah. They were, they were, they were like the monsters that year. But, <laughs> um, but no, yeah, it's like that was probably the the craziest thing for me transitioning from being in small town, you know, small town USA to mm-hmm. going to Oakland and where it's like all these big name guys, all this right. big name stuff kind of going on and it kind of just changes like that just because you're there mm-hmm. you know and you ultimately landed on tennessee for your college career which again green bay to oakland then you're going all the way across the country to tennessee i mean yeah you're a young guy still and you've been uh-huh. seemingly all over the the map so how did you how did you end up at usc i mean geez usc how did you end up at tennessee and, and how did you enjoy your experience there so tennessee was you know my dad and his family is from Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, he played there. His uncle played there. My grandfather uh, was living there at the time. And my uncle lived there at the time. I had a bunch of family in Chattanooga, Nashville, Atlanta, all that type of stuff. And I knew that my grandfather had never seen me play football. Never. And the only time that I knew he was going to have a chance to see me play is if I went to the University of Tennessee. Cause I didn't know how much longer he, you know, he had. Yeah. And that was a big driving force for me. And, you know, I don't regret it at all because he was able to see me. He was, you know, we got to talk football. You got to meet my guys and just, you know, we got mm-hmm. to hang out. It was great. Yeah. Um, but uh, that was, you know, pretty much my main reason for going. And honestly, I, I thought we were going to win the national championship. I thought we, we had the guys, we had, you know, the pieces in place, all those types of things. And, you know, it's, it's football. It's a game of football. You know, we, we saw that last week, you know, it doesn't really matter who you got. It matters what you do. So yeah. and you got coaching all that stuff and the right, the right pieces being in place. So I enjoyed my time. I loved the, the school. I loved the state of Tennessee. We, you know, it was, it's one of those things. It's, it's always funny. It's like, we caught a lot of hate, but it's like, you never really care too much for that stuff because the majority of the time you see something and you're like, unless somebody broke down a play and was like, no, we should have been in cover three here instead of cover two. And this guy should have rotated down all this. Type. Unless you go that in depth and like, tell me like, that's where you guys were wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm probably not putting too much stock in you saying, come on guys, do better. Yeah. You know? So it's like, you know, these guys are just passionate. They want to see you win. 
I want to see his win. You know what I'm saying? I got my my power tee back there. I got my power tee on my truck. I love the University of Tennessee. So it's, mm. I love that place. It gave me my life now. You know, it gave me my son, my wife. So, right. um, and it's still given. You know, I love that place. So, uh, and do yeah, you, I love you still, time there. Do you still follow the football team, like, religiously? Or do you kind of just watch from afar so, and see how they're doing? No, I mean, I, I watch the games. I watch the games mm. for sure. Uh, recruiting and all that I haven't really gotten into yet I feel like that's that's a whole new world to like you know really dive into it takes time <laughs> um, yeah it takes it takes way too much time yeah I mean it, me being someone who I always tell guys I'm like I was a five star and then I got drafted in the sixth round like you know what I'm saying so like yeah. I'm a bust so I'm not gonna like think the world of these kids coming out of mm. high school and being like hyping them up and you know all this type of stuff and who knows you know what i'm saying i'm not you know i'm saying like oh all five stars, and then like oh just go for the guys who are gonna work hard the no right. guys. no it's just you never know so like just whoever you get just love on your guys hope the wish for the best for them and see how far they go you know what i'm saying i got i got guys who i came in with who are who are no stars or this or that and you know they're playing doing all this type of stuff Shoot, we got we had a walk-on uh, guy, tight end, who earned a scholarship. Who's, I think he just finished up his sixth or seventh year in the league. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, you can't really put a price tag on on hard work. Yeah, that's a great point. And I don't know if you saw this, but someone was circulating like all the stars of the guys playing in the championship games this weekend. And it was like, Mahomes was like a two or three star. Kelsey was like a one star, like, like almost all the star guys literally was a three star or less, I think, which was pretty cool to see. Um, because you know, like you're saying, why waste your time on the unknown almost? Because mm-hmm. just because you're whoever you're a former, like son of somebody or your five star or no star or walk on, like, who, like, who are you to say, like, let's see him play. You know what I'm saying? So exactly. you have, you have no clue. It's just, it's all about, what you do, what type of work. And I think what helps is those guys who are, you know, those no stars, all that, they just, they're, they're automatically thrown into, I've got to prove it, mm-hmm. you know? And, and when you're not thrown into that, especially when you're young, it's just hard to put your mindset to, I have to go and take advantage of every single rep. doesn't matter if, Oh, I'm mad that I'm not starting. Excuse me. Oh, I'm mad. Coach didn't give me as many reps. Oh, I'm mad at the play calling, the this, the that, whatever. They said I got to lose five pounds. Doesn't matter. Go out there and do it. Work, figure mm-hmm. it out afterwards, and you'll be fine. Because guess what? Those kids who aren't in your spot, they're the ones who are just doing it because they have to, or else they're going to be gone. You know right. what I'm saying? And yeah. That's how you for sure. That's how you get better over time. This interview is brought to you by SeatGeek. All new users will get twenty dollars off their first purchase when using my code. We are big guys at your checkout. That's it. Any live event, sports, music, whatever, just use my code. We are big guys when you're checking out and you'll receive $20 off your first purchase. Now let's get back into my interview with Cleo McKenzie Jr. Now you mentioned that you were six round draft pick and your NFL career has been all over the place between offense, defense, getting on a team, being injured, getting re-signed, you know, just what a lot of people don't see about the NFL, I feel like, are guys like you because mm-hmm. 
a lot of fans, I think, see the Brady's of the world or the Manning's of the world. Yeah. And they think it's like, you think it's like all sunshine rainbows and like you sign yeah. these huge deals and you stay in one or two cities their whole entire career. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important to you know talk to guys like yourself and put you in the spotlight a little bit to just kind of explain what your journey has been like this far in your NFL career. Oh man, I, well, one, I, I appreciate you, you know, even asking that question because it's one of those things where it's, guys don't it's it, guys don't know about uh you know kind of people like me our side of the story because it's not glamorous it's not you know it it doesn't make sense a lot of the time and you know it's difficult so it's like oh it's not actually a, all fun all the time a bunch of money and you know living this glamorous life like oh okay well i don't you know what i'm saying so yeah it's a business um, at the end of the day Exactly. And and that's honestly all I was going to say is it's a business, you know, and I came into the league. I was drafted as an offensive lineman. Um, after a year, they made the team draft me the Chiefs. They made a business decision. Let me go. I was on Seattle's practice squad as an offensive lineman. COVID happened. Um, I went and then tried to play in the XFL to show them, like, hey, I can, you know, play offensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, with the understanding that I would, you know, uh, try and come back there as, as long as everything worked out and did that, ended up getting injured the first, <laughs> pretty much the first play that I got to play in the XFL, Crazy. Um, came back um, to Seattle and then was cut because of the COVID uh, limits that we put on people for training camp, um, ended up then, you know, just kind of being out of a job for a couple months. End up getting a, a workout with uh, Cincinnati for defensive line. And I'm like, well, I've been training, you know, all this offensive line stuff, everything <laughs> yeah. like that. So I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I went in the backyard immediately. I'm like, let me just do some get-offs and make sure, like, <laughs> I can, you know, I still kind of got it. All yeah. this stuff. And, uh, go do that workout, you know, have a great workout. They end up uh, signing me for, excuse me, the, I think it was really like the last week and a half of training camp, so trying to make a team on a week and a half of training camp. We all know, especially with how COVID was, there was no preseason, all that Mm -hmm. type of stuff. It was really teams knew who they had on their team going into training camp. Right. Um, And then, you know, kind of going through that, um, being cut there, coming back on practice squad, coming back, playing seven games. But in that span of a year, in 2020, I think I was cut close to 10 times. And (laughs) that's unbelievable. it's, it's It's one of those things where, um that's not glamorous at all it's like oh you lost your job but it's it's all just business you know this is a business yes I play a game but this is also my job you know what I'm saying and I have to be professional and they have to be professional if I'm someone who can help a team but at the same time there's certain things that have to happen in order for this team and business to work then guys like me sure I can help the team but can I help the team and still be good for business you Mm. know what I'm saying and that's just all it is and it's a hard pill to swallow sometimes when you're like I performed well I did my job I'm doing my job I'm looking at other guys not doing their job or I'm looking at guys doing their job and they're fine and I'm doing the same things but it just doesn't work out and it's a hard pill to swallow but when you remember that it is a business, it is what you're tasked and you're, you know, you signed up for. 
you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that has to be, I'd imagine it's extremely frustrating too, seeing some other guys, whether it's their contract or their draft position or whatever, that, you know, they might be able to keep their job. And then the guys like yourself are the ones getting passed around because of whatever reasons. Like, it has to be yeah. tough. 10 times, though, talking about resilience. I mean, that's amazing. And I, I read I that. that. You recently just signed a futures contract, right? With the I, the hat yeah, you're wearing with, with the Baltimore yeah, with Ravens. Baltimore. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, so, sir. Can, can you explain what that what that even means? I'm actually I usually I know the answers before I ask them. Just I'm just trying to be a proper podcast host. No, 100. I actually don't even know what that means. Like, what is a futures contract? What does that entail? Yeah. So a, a futures contract is basically a contract where. I am signed for the foreseeable future. Like the future is the year, but um, I'm signed for training camp, if I can put it in uh, the easiest terms. And as long as I make the team, then I'm, you know, signed to my one-year contract. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just not a, because I'm still a, in my four years rookie contract, um, which takes a lot more explaining, uh, even though I'm going into year five. Um, it's, you know what I'm saying? So like <laughs> we don't, need, we don't need to get, yeah, we don't need to get that. <laughs> All of a sudden it's like a, a law podcast. Exactly. So, um, uh, but it's, it's basically just signing for training camp and this upcoming year. Okay. Um, with no real guarantees for them and no real guarantees for me, but it's, I'm a part of the team and I have a chance to make the team. Um, It's just something that young guys sign uh, because we're not technically under contract. Okay. Because I've seen a lot of guys, you know, signing these futures contracts. And I was wondering like, I assumed it was something like you just explained, but I was like, what does that really mean? I guess, you know, it gives Baltimore the rights to say, I want to have this guy in our camp at least next off season. So it, it, it basically means that, they have you and nobody else can pick you up. Right. They, they, have, they have dibs. Oh, you might be good. Yeah. They exactly. Have dibs and they'll see what happens in training camp and all that stuff. Yeah. And I read that Harbaugh at least said that he'd like to try you at both sides of the line. So one of my questions from getting back from the very beginning to now, what's it like playing, having to prepare for both sides of the line at the NFL level? Because like all the guys I've talked to on here, like it's seriously like you have to perfect your craft to just, you know, play day to day, let alone be ready for both sides and train for both sides. I, I have to imagine it's complicated. Oh, no doubt. It's, it's, uh, like I said before, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and lie and say that it's easy or anything like that, but I will say that it's my job. Like I've said, you know, I, I told coach the first time he asked me about offensive line, I told him, coach, I like football. You know what I'm saying? That's the, that's what I liked about, you know, when people asked me if I wanted to play offensive line first and everything. And, I liked it. I thought I was a pretty good offensive lineman. You know, I, you know, who I talked to, all that type of stuff, everything. I thought, you know, I could do it. So it wasn't something where I'm like, oh no, like I was coach. You, you must not have seen the film. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I felt okay with it. I feel okay with defensive line. I like football. I like hitting people. The thing about football that's fun to me is it's 11 on 11. It's a team sport but every single play is a one-on-one matchup. Mm-hmm. Every single play, I get to look somebody else in the eye and say, hey, guess what? It's me or you. You know what I'm saying? Offensive yeah. line and defensive line, it's really the only time when it's truly like, it's either me versus you or it's me versus you and him. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that type of thing. But uh, that's what I love about it. Um, preparing for it is just, 
like I said, it's my job. So if you tell me, um, a lot of the times, you know, another thing people don't really know, like when you're a practice squad guy and you get called up to play and things like that, it's not like you just, you know, you're in the meetings, you're, hey, we need you this week. All this, like, no, nobody really ever knows. You know what I'm saying? It's That's a lot of moving parts that have to happen for things like that. So it's not like you get all the reps. It's not like you <laughs> see everything, all that type of stuff. That's on you. You know what I'm saying? That's on you to be able to do that. And that's why I say, like, yes, I get it. I play a game, all this stuff. I, this is my job. I have to mm-hmm. do this stuff. And guess what? We go out there, and if I get blown off the ball for 20 yards, I go the wrong way, all that, we get gassed for a 50-yard touchdown, everybody's going to look at me like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, my bad. I didn't see that in practice? Absolutely not. That's not going to cut it at all. You're going to be at home. You know what <laughs> yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. So this is your job. There was a time when uh, offensive lineman would have went down and I would have had to go in there. Guess what? I would have been in there protecting Lamar. I ain't going to cuss nothing. I was, I've been protecting my my tail off. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, we're going we gonna to get it done. You know right. what I'm saying? And, and that's just how it goes. You know, it's just getting yourself to that mindset of, you know, it's this is my job and I'm going to get it done no matter what. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask Steve a preference offense or defense, but you already, you kind of answered it in that question of football. Long, as long as you're playing football, it doesn't matter. Like just, that word behind you says lineman, <laughs> lineman. I am a lineman. Exactly. And, and that's, that's amazing. Now outside of football transitioning away from the sport. Cause I like to get to know you as a person as well, outside of the game, you're mm-hmm. married, you have a son, potential big guy on our hands. Maybe how has <laughs> that whole, how is that whole entire, you know, growing up adult life, getting married, having a son. How's that been treating you? Oh man. Me and my wife talk about it probably like once a week. We're like, are we old? You know? And it's <laughs> like, it's like, we're both in our twenties and it's just like, we're not old. And, and you know, people who are older are like, shut up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. But it's like, when you realize, you know, I'm married now being a husband, you know, like having a wife, like that's a different dynamic than having mm-hmm. a kid. Like, we both work, you know what I'm saying? Like all these things, like you just realize it's not even the fact that, oh, it's, it's just hard or, oh, excuse me. Oh, it's, uh, it's different. No, it's just growing up and understanding that you have responsibilities. You have things you not only need to do, but are supposed to do, you know what I'm saying? Like, and if you go forward and say, okay, these are, I have to do X, Y, and Z cool, let me do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Everything kind of just takes care of itself. And I think the biggest problem is, you know, kind of look at it as, oh, I've got, you know, this stuff to do or this stuff to do. Like, oh, I'll do it. I'll do it. Excuse me at this time. Oh, I'll do it, you know, at that time. Like giving ourselves this kind of slack off time is kind of what makes growing up, you know what I'm saying? Scary when it's just, if you do the things you need to, um, like my wife is big on dishes done and baby's toys put away before we go to sleep. And it just makes our life so much easier in the morning because it's not going and, and freaking out because, oh, it stops everywhere. Oh, dishes aren't done. Like, got to do this before you got to do this. It's just little simple things, putting away clothes so that way you don't right. wake up in the morning like, oh, what's going on? Just doing the things you need to and are supposed to. And learning that that kind of transitions to everything else. Because then when 
coach asked me, oh, did you see that play, you know, uh, that they ran, blah, 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 this, this, that. I, oh, you're talking about that game? Yeah, I saw that. What, what was up with it? Maybe I didn't, like, even see anything. About, I'm not saying, like, oh, yeah, coach, I know what you're talking about. Like, before you even said, like, no, I'm just saying, like, yeah, I saw the play. What happened? Oh, that <laughs> happened? Oh, okay, cool. Like, let me go back and let me look at it again. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, so it's like, it's those little things. You just, you aren't surprised. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And uh, I think that, that works in marriage. It works in being a dad. And it works in doing my job. That, well, that's reassuring for me because I don't have a girlfriend let alone a wife or any kids. Yeah. And I think I'm older than you by like a year, maybe six mm. months or so. So okay, I, I'm glad to know that everything's going to be all right. Once I get to that yeah, point, every, <laughs> I, I tell everybody all the time, all my friends are like, dude, you make me feel like, you know, I got to grow up faster or something like that. I'm like, no, like you just gotta, <laughs> this is where my life was headed. You know what I'm saying? I just didn't, I didn't try and like put up my own roadblocks. Like I'm some, you know, master of, you know, my fate or anything like that. No, I'm pretty sure fate's the master of my fate. God controls that stuff. So yeah, everyone has their own path. Yeah. I just sit there and I enjoy the ride and um, I try not to get in my own way. Definitely. Now you have a decent following on social media that I I didn't realize. I didn't realize until (laughs) again, I started researching you. And when we were talking a little bit, you mentioned maybe potentially doing a podcast or something of that nature is like is a social media world podcasting youtube maybe is that something that you're interested in getting into eventually i definitely uh i appreciate the little the shout out there uh <laughs> i definitely want to get into the podcasting world uh just like you i think this is you know i think this is really cool and uh you had reached out i was like oh, man I, was, I love the page you know uh, you don't really see lineman highlights anything like that you know what i'm saying exactly like, seeing that stuff is it's cool um and stuff that just, you know, we find funny and things like that. But um, I think, you know, podcasting, whether it's YouTube, social media, all that stuff can be used to good. It can be used to bad. It's just me and my agent had this conversation. Actually, we were like, we don't know what stuff is good for us or what stuff is bad for us yet, because a lot of this stuff is just so new. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good point. It's just going to take time. You know what I'm saying? And right yeah. now, the information people are getting from these podcasts, from YouTube, from TikTok, you know what I'm saying? Nobody watches the news. They go on Twitter. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, is that a bad thing? I don't know. Is it a good thing? I don't know. I can get news. I can know if something really bad is happening in three seconds if I just go to a search bar and type in a a keyword. So it's like, I don't know if that's a bad thing or if that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. You can also get on there on Twitter and search stuff and be like what in the world is happening in this world you know yeah, so yeah. it's like it's uh you know it's it's one of those things that it definitely interests me i definitely am getting into the podcast uh podcasting world um i think that that's just a fun space and and a, and a space to just talk about things that i think are important um and that maybe other people think are important just like you're doing you know yeah definitely i, I couldn't agree more i think that's a great way to look at it too but there's all this is so new and and we don't know the effects of it yet, positively yeah. or negatively, but it always, it's frustrating sometimes when I talk to people who, you know, bash social media and say it's unhealthy or mm-hmm. this and that, because while there obviously are downsides, there's downsides to everything. And mm-hmm. there's a lot, there's a lot of great upsides and positives that social media mm-hmm. brings to the world. And even just some of the guys that I've, I've met or like 
clips I've posted of kids or, you know, the coach syrup, the guy who gave syrup shots, like they're so happy that like, you know, they're featured and, and that may have led one thing to another and like it impacted their life in a positive way, which never would have happened mm-hmm. before without social media. And plus, like you're saying, the podcast realm, you can, you can get news from anybody now. And it's yeah. not like, I'm not worried about some like bias, huge backer who is actually pulling the strings behind the scenes and yeah. they're actually pushing the narrative that they want. You can actually listen mm-hmm. to some shows and hear both sides of arguments and whatnot. Like, I think that's really valuable in our today's day and age, because I feel like you can't trust any, any, any news source nowadays. It's, it's crazy. You, can't, you can't trust anything. And, and you just, it's not even that you just can't trust anything. It's you can, you're going to hear that it's wrong or it's right, you know, regardless. So you can just do your own research. And that's why I don't think anything about social media I can say is innately bad because this is what I always tell people. Alcohol, cigarettes, and potato chips are not only legal, but they have commercials. But we want to sit here and say that social media or this, this, that, and the other, and they kill more people than social media ever has. And we talk about, we talk about, you know, social media or this and that and all this type of stuff. Like it's terrible. Dude, you literally will watch a commercial about all three of those things today, you know, on your TV, which, you know, is if you want to get into that, you know what I'm saying? Like I'll add that as the fourth one. So it's like, (laughs) it's, I don't know. I, I never really put too much stock into that. I just think that's just the easy cop out for people to say, oh, that's what the problem is. Mm. let's go on about our day you know instead of actually trying to figure out what the problem is i'm so glad you said that because speaking of tiktok i love tiktok and i think it's great and I, like I love TikTok. the amount of like <laughs> recipes and stuff like that that I've, I've used because of tiktok and that ended up great i was like this is amazing or like little tricks around the house like uh, mm-hmm. it, it's great but one of my friends was like i think i'm gonna delete tiktok it's such a waste of time it's bad for your mental health like all this stuff and i was like Dude, I literally use the same example that you just did. I was like, he was saying that there should be like 18 plus and like, like all these different rules and regulations. You should only be able to spend X amount of hours. And I said, how is this any different than you're hurting yourself when you're like alcoholics or your people mm-hmm. smoking? Like, like they're allowed to do it. Like you legally, like, you know, all right, if I'm going to sit on TikTok for 12 hours today, I'm probably going to be hurting, harming myself in some aspect. Like exactly. at some point you got to, the onus is on you, the individual, like yeah. you got to control yourself. And if you can't, then you need to either delete the app or get help or whatever. But like, I think if you start doing all these rules and regulations, then it's going to get out of control and it's going to be a mess. So I literally exactly. said the same thing you just did. So that's, that's amazing. Um, yeah. But I, I saw just the other day, maybe like a day or two ago, you posted um these ribs that looked amazing some barbecue oh, yeah. <laughs> and i've scrolled through and you've posted multiple different things about barbecuing so i'm wondering mm-hmm. is that something you like to do in your off season and i feel like you know barbecue in the big guy community is very popular so i'm excited to hear mm-hmm. about this oh man i'm gonna tell you right now I, I if you can't find me on the gridiron or just in my house <laughs> you will find me on the grill like that is my that's my happy place that's yeah it. i love it i mean sitting there just watching stuff hanging out chilling just not doing anything just knowing that you're just putting tender love and care to something that's gonna just 
make somebody's day for whatever reason that this food is this good. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I love it. You know what I'm saying? The best. No, yeah, there's no, oh, man, I got to cook today. Or, oh, I got to, no, I love doing it. I like, excuse me, I love cooking for myself. And that's one of the things that uh, it's kind of nice because, like, cooking that much, like, in the off season, like, okay, cool. Like, I can either get meal preps or I can, like, cook my own food knowing that I cook this so I know exactly how much calories and all that type of stuff is in it and I don't have to like overeat all this type of stuff oh this one meal wasn't enough or oh I'm eating out all this type of stuff no I'm just cooking my own stuff so it's all good I have I mean I got a lot of grills I got <laughs> I, have, I have no I have five triggers and I five have, I got five. Oh my gosh. And I have uh, <laughs> that's hilarious. Oklahoma, yeah, I got an Oklahoma Joe stick burner <laughs> and a pit barrel drum smoker. So I am a, I love to cook. I right. absolutely love to cook. So do you have any like do you have any preference? Like if for like I have none, but like it's something I'd love to get into. I know my brother would too. Is, is there any like you mm-hmm. would suggest would be the best overall if you're just getting into it? Like was just a standard Traeger the grill? The go-to, yeah. I mean, I, I am not ever, I've, I almost put a Traeger shirt on. I will never go against Traeger. Like, if you're learning how to cook, I, I understand. It's like how we just were talking about social media. You got guys who will tell me I'm not cooking food because I have a grill that gets plugged into an outlet. Yeah. And I use pellets instead of starting my grill with charcoal right. and wood. Dude, I have a stick burner. I have a drum smoker. If you want me to cook like that, I will. But you mm-hmm. better come to my house and unplug all my triggers and be like, you're going to cook on this or else with like, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. okay, fine. Like, I'll do that for you, man. Like, since you <laughs> care that much. And then when you eat that food and you're like, oh, that's good. And then I cook on my trigger and you're like, oh, that's good too. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, I I never will understand that. But, you know, anything that, that really kind of just makes you happy that fits you. You know what I'm saying? I think that's the most important thing about cooking. Like if you're somebody who doesn't like to like stand up a bunch and doesn't like to do all that type of stuff, don't get a grill. Just keep cooking in your oven and get like a stove top, like a flat stove top or something like that. So you can do some of those things. Mm-hmm. But like, you know what I'm saying? Just like, don't, don't overdo yourself trying to, excuse me. Oh, this person said a stick burner is the way to go, or this person said get a big green egg or a Komodo yeah. Joe or a Traeger or anything like, or a gas grill. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't matter. It's whatever is, you know, kind of fits you, fits your style. If you're a guy who wants to cook up food quick and, you know, get it out to people, cool. Get a, get a gas burner. You know what I'm saying? If you're mm. a guy who wants to sit there and tend to fire, all that type of stuff, get a stick burner. If you're a guy who just wants to, Put some on, leave it. You're good. Check it on your phone, all that stuff. Get a trigger. You know what I'm saying? Like it's <laughs> right. it's uh it's really up to you. Um, I just love Traeger. Their community's awesome. Like we were just talking about on TikTok. Like when I first really got into barbecuing, the guys on TikTok, I mean, I watch them like it's nobody's business. Dude. Like <laughs> the Chuck's flavor train, my man, uh, Kendrick's barbecue, Gorg Boy, Kuso, all these guys are legit cooks mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like and they just they're legit cooks who just cook in their backyard just because you know what i'm saying and now i've i've got this community of of, of 
cooks and stuff like this on Instagram, guys who hit me up, talk to me, who are just normal guys, live all over the country, just love to cook food, love to post it, have crazy followings and all this stuff. And we got, I mean, my man Chuck bought a jersey of mine. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was yeah, like, sweet. that's dope, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's really cool. But it's just things like that. That's why I love to, to do it. You know what I'm saying? I love to grill because it brings people together. And that's why I say, if you're going with one, go with Traeger. Because that community is, mm-hmm. that community is awesome. It's a lot of really good people um, and, you know, really great products. Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense, you know, choosing what's right for you. And then there's not really a wrong or right answer. And I don't want to harp on the social media thing, but like you were saying, following the right people, like if you're having trouble on social media, like you're not following the right people, like you can find your community yeah. anywhere on social media, yeah. which I think is really cool. Um, but you know, if, I, don't, I don't think I've followed a Kardashian and I don't, I don't know. Definitely how long, not. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> definitely like, not. Yeah, so it's like, if you don't want that side of social media, yeah, just don't, yeah. Don't look at it. Unfollow yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. It's just, you know, different day and age and i understand it and i you know at the same time i'm the same guy hey somebody says something i'm gonna be like okay cool i'm gonna say this back (laughs) yeah right i don't i'll never understand the whole oh i'm somebody's role model all this type of stuff like i i respect it i you know live my life in a way that i think is respectable and i try all this type of stuff but a role model to me is somebody who's out there day and night in their community trying to improve lives with other people i play a game that i get paid a ridiculous amount of money for you know and that's mm. it i get six months of off season and all this type of stuff i'm i do what i can you know for all these people everything all this type of stuff but to me that's not a role model right to me i'm somebody who's doing what i have to do and trying to do what i can for people but i look up to real role models you know mm. what i'm saying like yeah I definitely look up to people who are who are really physically out there in their communities doing what they need to all that type of stuff. So that's what I think is interesting. Um, and that's why I think, you know, if more people kind of understood that, I think that would be, that'd be really cool. For sure. And before I get to my last question, just circling back on the barbecue, if I was to come to your place, are you known for anything or do you have a special go-to that you would make where it's like, all right, this is my specialty. Like I got the best X in town. I would say there's, I mean, I'll, if I got to be honest, there's really three. I'm just going to say, I'm just gonna okay. my mac and cheese is undefeated. Okay. Uh, my wings are undefeated. I have my own seasoning <laughs> that I've made for them. And my brisket and burn ends are, I mean, and I had another, a guy today ask me, how much uh, for me to make him, it's a dessert, it's a family recipe, actually, it's called peanut butter pie. Okay. And it's, if you like peanut butter and chocolate and Reese's, you'd love it. You know what I'm saying? It's, uh, uh, it's, it's definitely healthy. That sounds it definitely amazing. Fits, it definitely fits a big guy, you know? Yeah, saying? that's exactly yeah. what we need on this, on this show. I'm, yeah. I'm a huge no brisket burn ends. Know. I'd kill that. Those I'd are, love that. That's my go-to. Mac and cheese. It's it's hard to find a good mac and cheese too uh, at barbecue places. Some are hit or miss. So that's yeah, it, it's it a pretty great time. lineup you have right there. Yeah, mac and cheese definitely is. It's one of those things. I'm like, if you don't know how to really cook mac and cheese, or if you think like cooking mac and cheese is fun, 
then you don't cook good mac and cheese. Right. I promise you. I know. Seriously. <laughs> I though. hate it every single time. That's the only food that I cook that like kind of makes me mad because it's like unnecessarily difficult. Wow. See, that's that's the love and dedication that makes it good because you actually mm-hmm. do it. You do it well and right. Because yeah. a lot of people cut corners because it's hard. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I'm trusting you. You can you can definitely cut corners. It's just yeah, you cut that corner. That end product might not be what you live in there. That's well, you you live in Texas, so that's I don't know if that's just mm-hmm. the off season or where you live, have a house or whatever. But that's a pretty great place for barbecue. Are you? Oh, yeah. Are you of like the sauce people, or do you have no sauce kind of guy? Because I know there's a big like, I only I don't use sauce. I, I let the I let yeah. the I let the meat <laughs> speak for itself. Yep. There's, I mean, that's definitely a, a preference thing. I, Ooh, this is a hard question. To answer. <laughs> These are the hard hitting questions on the, on the big guy. I'm like, if, if guys who have been to barbecues of mine, uh, they've heard me say this. So they're going to be like, don't lie. <laughs> Real barbecue does not need sauce. Okay. I'm going to say it exactly how I say it. All right. I have barbecue. I have barbecue sauce, obviously burn-ins. I, I like to sauce my burn-ins. Yeah, definitely. Um, and the ribs, you know, when I do pork ribs and stuff. Beef ribs, I usually never sauce. Um, I always have barbecue sauce. Stubbs is the greatest. Okay. Um, then Traeger, of course, has all theirs. But, I mean, yeah, barbecue sauce. I mean, if you're doing that, you're taking away, you know, kind of the taste of the meat and what you're mm. doing to it. So, I get it. But at the same time, it's you know, it's it's, it's personal preference again. Yeah, uh, I can do I can do both. Thinking, like, yeah, I was about to say I'm like it's not like barbecue sauce makes it taste worse. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so. <laughs> definitely. So I mean, my last question every interview because we're big guys is, what's your favorite food? Do you have any favorite like must go to restaurants wherever you've lived or been? So it might be barbecue. We might have been talking about it for the past like 20 minutes. I don't know, but I'm still gonna give you yeah. that. I'm still gonna give you that open end question of favorite food or favorite spot if i had to be honest my favorite food i mean nothing to me beats a street taco like a carne i just need carne asada onions and cilantro Mm. and give me a little bit of salsa nothing in the world beats that that is great but i mean mac and cheese and, and brisket are so good that it's like it's hard for me to say which I, if I have like a favorite, I'm a big dude, man. You know how it is. Um, <laughs> I have my favorite, but if you put these other ones in my face, these ones might be my favorite too. Exactly. Um, but yeah, those, those have probably got to be my, my go-to. And then restaurant, this is uh, just absolute fact. Culver's is the greatest restaurant on this earth. Oh my gosh. A Oreo cookie dough, either vanilla or chocolate concrete mixer <laughs> with fries and a butter burger deluxe. You can't beat that. <laughs> you cannot beat that meal right there. I will say I mean cheese curds if you ever if you've never had cheese curds there. No, I, I I went to Wisconsin for the first time in my life this past summer. And I got all that. I got, I went, my friend took me to Culver's, you know, I got the concrete mixers. I got the butter burger. Delicious. It definitely lived up to the hype. It was good. Cheese curds. Yeah. I, oh, cheese curds. We went to like, and you probably, you probably appreciate this. It's like, we were just like driving along and like, you just pull off the highway and it's like a dairy farm kind of place and you just go in <laughs> and like, he's and like, go in and get yeah, he's like, this place has known for the really good cheese curds. And I was like, we're in the middle yeah. of nowhere. Like, what is it? What do you mean? Yeah. 
And we go in, it's like they had and, the custard, the cheese curds, they had a whole spread, the mm -hmm. cheeses you can buy out of the, the shelves. It was awesome. It was delicious. I, I, the food up there was great. You felt it though. I'll say that like some, some places you can go and eat and like, you don't really feel it. Like after yeah. that trip, like I felt like I felt that in my body for sure. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. It was great, but it, like, you could feel it. Oh, without a doubt. And, and that's why everybody always gets on me whenever, if I have like a Wisconsin game, I'm like, guys, we got to go to Culver's. You got to go to a <laughs> pancake plate, blah, blah, whatever. You got to get cheese hurt. They're like, bro, this is mozzarella cheese sticks. I'm like, don't say that to me. Ever. See, I you will know? say that. I, I did say that to my buddy too. I was like, you know, these are, this is basically like just, you know, chopped up like mozzarella sticks. And he's like, don't even say that. Yeah. <laughs> don't disrespect <laughs> him like, like that. That's like a cardinal sin to like yeah. real Wisconsinites. We're just like, no, sir. That's they're a different yeah. thing. That's a mozzarella stick. This is a cheese curd. That's awesome. Well, I know one of my bucket lists for sure. And one of my best friends who I was went to Wisconsin, he, like diehard Packers fan. So one of my bucket lists is to get to Lambo because it's like you gotta go there. So if I ever go or when I ever go. I got to hit that pancake place up. That's the one place yeah. I need to hit up. Cause I've never been to there yet. I said, that, that sounds like right up my alley. So I will definitely get to that. The pancake place. It is the best pancake you'll ever have. And right afterwards, you can literally turn left and go right down the road. and You'll get right to, uh, to Lombardi and get right there close to the stadium. That's you'll awesome. Literally turn left. And then you're right there at the stadium. I mean, what better way to start your tailgate? Then there in the with morning, a, yeah, with a gigantic walk. pancake, mm -hmm. <laughs> it just sits you. in your stomach all day, and then you go eat brats exactly. and cheese curds. <laughs> exactly. That's why you see all them guys out there in, in three degree weather with no shirts on the beer. They're like, "It's good. I had the pancake place." Yeah, tomorrow. exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Cleo, I'm going to wrap things up because we've been talking for like an hour, and I don't want to. I know, I know, you, I know you have like a wife and kid to tend to, so I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> take too much of your time, but I, I loved having you on. I appreciate you you doing this again, and um, I'll be looking for you and rooting for you this upcoming season oh, i really appreciate that man i really do i appreciate you having me it was awesome you know great to you know put a face with the name and then also be able to kind of tell this story a little bit and and just be on here it was, it was, i really appreciate it always thanks so much for tuning in if you haven't already check out all my discount codes i feel like i have like three or four now that i i try to go and talk about them throughout the interview but i don't want to like plug in too many different like little ad commercials because that's annoying um so check out like my bios or my instagram highlight liquid iv manscaped um seek geek like there's there's a ton now and they're, they're pretty good deals like i would use them myself i do use them myself <laughs> no shame um so check those out Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at We Are Big Guys. Kept it nice and simple. If you haven't yet, shop WeAreBigGuys.com for all your big guy apparel needs. And wherever you're listening, subscribe, like, five stars, whatever the method of the madness is on the platform you're listening. I greatly appreciate the support. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see you guys next episode.